You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Eric Aho. Eric, thanks so much for being with me today. Oh, hi, Brainerd. Thanks for having me. Eric, I Happy know you're in here. Vermont now. Where we're talking in March 22nd in 2022. Um, what's happening in your studio at the moment? I know there's a, there's a few shows you're working up for, but what are you, what are you keeping busy at in your studio? Well, um, right now I, I'm, I'm, at the, uh, I'm at the hinge of seasons. You know, I, um, I never really intended to be a, you know, like a, a Vivaldi of painters, you know, fo- following the four seasons around the, around the calendar. But, um, you know, there I am. It's, you know, uh, it, it really has shifted into springtime now. Um, and I'm busy wrapping up uh, a few winter paintings before um, before it really brightens up. Um, I can't I can't seem to figure out how to make winter paintings in the spring or summer, nor can I make summer paintings, you know, in the winter. So I really have to um, you know <laughs> stick with what's out there. Um, well, that's why you're in Vermont, I imagine. That's part of Vermont, right? You get all the seasons there. Well, it's, it's, yo, you get everything in full glory. And we have a fifth season, too, which is mud season, uh, where your vehicle gets swallowed up by the dirt roads, um, which is a reminder, a good reminder for me to, to work in the studio um, and, uh, and stay off the roads. But um, I've got these winter paintings, you know, that have, um, they're, they're, well, there are two or three things going on, um, you know, different projects that I kind of add to. Because I think of my uh, my paintings as sort of accumulative, right? I I have a series of things, but if they unfold over a dozen years rather than you know three or four months or a dozen weeks, um, you know I continue to add things to them, like my the, the holes I cut in the ice, the the winter forest paintings, uh, um, and I'm very much looking forward to a series of. Uh, getting back to the series of uh, ponds. So tell me a little bit more about that, the, the, the cutting the holes in the ice. What, what, what do you mean? Let's talk about the winter paintings and yeah. that process because, you know, most of these, I mean, there are a variety of sizes or some of these are kind of heroic size, aren't they? Over six feet or around there? Yeah. Well, in the studio right now, I've got, I have four 90 by 80 inch paintings of, wow. of holes cut in the ice. Um, the perimeter is, uh, the sort of sawn, it's a, it's a trapezoid, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scored area that I've, you know, that I physically cut into the ice and I look at it. I also swim in it, uh, jump in, jumping in after the finished sauna, you know, the, the cooling down process. But when I look at this thing, of course, uh, it's, it's mesmerizing, it's stunning. I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm also overcome by the elements myself, so I feel like I'm 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 sort of in I've kind of been consumed, subsumed by nature, right? And you know, for a minute, I feel like I mean I've beaten nature, like I feel invincible. But then, of course, you get cold, you know, and have to go back to the right. sauna. But but when I take the image that's landed in my head back to the studio, it is it's sort of it's a painting that has, in a way, the most constraints because it's a, it, it, conceptual constraints in a way, but it's also the most liberating and the most um, sort of freedom that I feel when I paint these large trapezoids. And 
and if I can it's, uh, just try to explain it over the radio to your to your viewers there the 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 periphery is a is a kind of winter realism right so there's a uh, you know I paint the snow and I paint the ice in all of its um, temperatured nuance um, you know it's warm and cool grays the blues and greens and turquoises and then in the reflections of the ice around the edges come sort of hallucinogenic uh, turquoises and weird burnt yellows and oranges and things things that you you wouldn't expect but you really see that I really see in there and then in the center of these paintings the first paintings made 15 years ago or so were um, sort of chromatic black holes like to really emphasize the, the contrast between the 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 surface of the ice and snow as a veneer and then the sort of unknown and frightening and unknown world underneath. Um, now they are sort of colored pools, right? So the holes are orange and violet, like violet like velvet and orange like uh, like an Arctic sky. And um, and one of them is green, kind of a sage algae green, um, which is the color of the Penobscot River, which is one of the um, rivers in Maine where um, historically ice was harvested from, um, and also the Kennebec. Um, so the, the, the paintings end up being titled for, for their uh, historic locations, uh, both in, in Maine and in, um, in Norway. So... So and you talk about you you, you 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 talk about the edges of just to just to, to jump in there the edges yeah. you know yeah. that 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 are being um, addressed in in ways that and, and of course listeners can will have links to your website and there's images here and DC Moore uh, website mm-hmm. so they'll see more images but I um, I'd like to talk about what's happening optically at the edges it sounds like you were saying you know there's things that look like they don't belong there but but they do and it and it adds to a um, I think you said uh, hypnotic or 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 a kind right, of um, right. hallucinogenic. I think was your word that, that there's something else happening there, almost. There's some neurologically. Yeah, yeah there's something. Something. Yeah, well, neurologically, that's great. I mean, there's something otherworldly happening in the in the actual right, and um, and I just find that you know I find it mesmerizing. I find it fascinating, and then it really. It, it, it helps me understand or come to some kind of terms with this sort of uh, this the dislocation that I think is the act of painting in general, right? Like the looking at the the looking at something out there in the world, and then the disruption, the dislocation that happens in the in the transference to you know uh, from memory. In invention to the canvas, right? So there's this mm. there's this huge sort of disruption that needs to be um, well, it's just there, right? And so these ice, so the ice cut paintings um, are about that. So there's the real the realisms at the periphery rather than being front and center, and then in the central sort of big open area is this is this sort of very minimalist. Um, area of you know it's, it's sort of the most radiant color I can possibly make in a, and on a really large scale so I, I'm there I'm you know what what's right in front of me 
or right in front of anyone looking at it is a rosy color of water that you, you can't even believe that water can be that color. But indeed, it does reflect the sky and the conditions around it. But moreover, it, 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 it's filled with my memory of other places, right? Because these, these things aren't just about you know, the, the thing I happen to see you know, hours or days before. It's, it's about a collection of experiences. And they're all sort of trans, you know, translocated somehow into the painting. Mm. Um, and, and, and so alongside that project, the ice cut, is another series where, I have a, where there's a winter forest that I walk through in a pretty much daily way, just, just here not far from the house. And there's an open pool of water in, in the middle of this wood. Sometimes it's frozen over as it should be. But last year and this year again, it's been open quite a bit, meaning, uh, you know, which tells me in a sort of, you know, it's like the, the canary in the coal mine, really, because it tells me the winters aren't as cold as they used to be, and they're not as cold as they should be, um, because this body, this small body of water shouldn't be open. But it's a kind of circular opening in the middle of a, you know, a forested scene. Like, like uh, it's kind of, um, you know, the, the fir trees and the spruce trees behind are kind of Casper David Friedrich, right? This kind of a romantic sense of, or Winslow Homer, kind of romantic sense of the, the northern tier, the northern woods, and then in the middle is this sort of black hole, which is, which I try to paint as sort of gently and as beautifully as I can. It's like a, it's, it's a huge disruption in this, in this scene, which without it would be kind of, would be maybe too beautiful, like too pretty or something. But with it, it kind of, sh it, 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 it alludes to that disruption that I was talking about earlier. So I'm always, I'm kind of, I guess I'm always looking for ways to kind of hang on to that in, in painting. Um, disruption, that disruption, you mean that kind of? That, dis that disruption, right. And, and then the, the work you're doing now, it's, um, is it destined for particular shows? I know there's some things coming up in the fall at TC Moore. Um, are, is the work you're doing now part of that, or is is there another place yeah. that it's going? Well, well, I'm 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 thrilled to have a show up locally here in Vermont at the Burlington City Arts Gallery. It's Municipal Art Gallery in Burlington, Vermont, um, and that that work includes some work from the pandemic and just afterwards, and the work that's happening presently over the last, well, over the winter months and, and, and whatever happens uh, now in the spring will go towards my October show at D.C. Moore in New York. Um, and I don't know if these large ice cut paintings that I'm describing will end up in that show. Um, I mean, this is, I don't show them very often. The last time they were shown was uh, at the Hood Museum at, at Dartmouth College. Uh, it's kind of a they're, they're, even though they're enormous, it's, it's a very private kind of project. Um, so they don't, they don't get to the gallery much. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hard to know. I, I think the, the concept for this new show, the, the sort of title and idea, which comes from um, Thoreau's, Thoreau and Emerson, right? The, the sort of my, we were talking earlier about uh, pandemic reading and some of uh, 
some of my pandemic reading included um, Emerson's essays and and, and uh, reading again um, Thoreau's Walden, where he talks about uh, Walden Pond as being a liquid eye, right? So he he sort of gives it this human quality, which it just it um, you know I. I probably read it before a couple of times, but it never registered with me in such a significant way as it did, um, you know, quite recently. So the, that's the idea, at least for a title and a thesis in a way of, of this upcoming show is the, sort of the liquid eye, the sort of, the, you know, the, the sort of humanity in the, in the painting, the humanity in, in, in sort of embedded in looking at the landscape, um, and um, you know the and and the I of course too is you know Whitman's personal emphatic pronoun you know that personal I so it's um, they're one and the same for these uh, you know for, for Emerson Whitman and, and Thoreau that makes sense and um, and that sounds interesting so so that's potentially the show that's coming up and and you know you 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 mentioned the pandemic and and, you know, work from the pandemic, uh, you know, we're now hopefully just coming out of the pandemic in 2022, but paintings and our relationship to, to your paintings and our relationship to the world, of course, has changed in the pandemic, right? A lot of people moved out of the city. They moved to places like right. Vermont, at least temporarily, or Connecticut in our, in our relationship to the environment, I, I think has changed somehow. You know, we, we perceive it a little differently. Suddenly, you know, uh, suburbs in Connecticut don't seem so bad anymore, and and, and, and rural areas <laughs> even 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 more so. Has that affected right. your painting uh, at, at all, or or you think the way, maybe not the way you paint, but also the way they're they're read to some degree? Well, I don't know. I you know, my life here in Vermont. Um, well, of course, it became sort of full of, you know, much the same anxiety I imagine everyone else felt, but my day-to-day -day life didn't change that much. You know, I still went to the studio. I, you know, I had to plan ahead to manage, you know, to make sure I had enough canvas and paints and things so I wasn't experiencing supply chain, chain disruptions or whatnot. But I went to the studio every day, um, like I always do, I, um, I didn't drive. I didn't drive as much. I didn't drive anywhere as much, right? I hardly put any miles on the car. I walked to the studio every day. Sometimes three round trips. The the studio is half a mile away, right? So I'd I'd walk in the morning. I'd come back at lunch. I'd walk in the evening, and uh, the work that I did was more focused. It was a little bit less. Um, I don't know, like airy or starry-eyed or something. It was like more, it went inside. It went, it, the, 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 the channel went inwards in a different way. These were 14 by 11 inch paintings that I primarily focused on. They accumulated, you know, one after the other. I didn't give them any, uh, I mean, I worked on them. I, I, I put them aside when they kind of arrived at, at a kind of point where they felt real or right or um, or you know or sometimes just I had to stop because the, you know the lights waned and it was time for dinner but you know I'd hang it on the wall and then I'd start another one the next day and it didn't seem to be the occasion to make really big paintings um, which 
to me are a little bit more celebratory and certainly have a, you know, the volume is sort of cranked up in them in a different way. Um, so, I, and I, I also kind of went, you know, inside. You know, I, I examined myself a little more closely and, you know, what I was, my, you know, I had to check my ambitions and my goals and successes and failures and all sorts of things. And um, it was a, it was, it was a pretty special time, all told. Um, and it, I, I see it right now in tremendous contrast to the disruption that I'm a, a rather obsessed with in Ukraine, right? Which, while the pandemic kind of helped me go deeper into my work in a certain way, I find this war has really disrupted me in a, in a, in a way I hadn't expected. Um, in fact, one of the paintings I have, uh, which just coincidentally was started on the 24th of February, um, I've worked on over a period of three weeks. It's a, it's a winter forest painting, much like the forests um, in, um, you know, those subboreal forests in, in Ukraine uh, that aren't much different than the ones we have here. Um, and I was, of course, it gave me chills to realize that their weather pattern in the spring that is slowly coming there, you know, is much the same as it is here. So there's, you know, as much as I feel so far away and disassociated from it um, or, or, or dislocated from it personally, right, there's, there are things that tie me to it. And of course, you know, I feel tied to the humanity of it and to the, and to the despair of it. Um, but also to the history of it, because um, Putin um, followed, or it seems to me to have followed much of Stalin's playbook as he invaded Finland in 1939 in a very similar way, under very similar pretenses, um, and and also met a significant, uh, uh, the significance. Where Stalin underestimated, grossly underestimated the will and um, reserve. Uh, of, and resources of the, the Finnish people, just as Putin underestimated the the, the, um, the strength and resolve of the Ukrainian people. So, so it's I, I'm looking at these two big markers right now as a kind of you know I don't know as book I don't know as I don't know even what to call them, but they're they're hovering in my studio um, because as much as I paint the local, I'm also painting the global and uh, not to make a bumper sticker of it but um, I think you know thinking about the landscape in the way that I do the way that I've found um, is uh, you know a personal window into understanding like the tree in my backyard is to think of uh, to think of other places in time and, and other places on earth so um, like that. I like that. And, and, uh, yeah, go on. No. Yeah. Well, no, I was just saying, I, I'm not sure where all of that went, but um, all of which is to say, to get to your original question, Brainerd, is that there's a, it's a hinge time right now here seasonally. So the reality is, you know, farmers are, their fields are thawing out and they're, and they're, they're spreading fertilizer and they're waiting for a new crop you know, a new growing season. 
um, you know, just as I'm sort of preparing for the next sort of shift in my work, because I know this, you know, I'm, I'm eager and optimistic for the spring here, but at the same time, I have this 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 dread that I carry. It's like it's, it's like a backpack of dread, and um, it gets heavier, right? Um, and you know, I think uh, I mean we can't not feel that way right now. Right. And uh, and I, when I think about you know the work too doesn't it doesn't reflect that you know I'm not I'm not making paintings about that experience so much as I'm not separate from that you know those feelings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So that's it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, it's part of what's out there. Yeah. So so um, thanks for saying well, that. That's, yeah, no, that's a good no, that's a good point. That, no, it is part of what's out there. It's like so. All right. So I've just walked through the woods uh, to get to my studio, or across the river and you know up this path, and you know that's what's out there. But then there's also you know there, there's so much more that you carry when you're going out to look at uh, the world in front of you. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's great talking about this. Um, I want to ask you one more question, which is, sure. what are you reading at the moment? A little off topic. What are you, what are you reading? What's on your nightstand? Well, we chatted earlier about Carl Ove Kanausgaard, but um, what I'm reading right now is, um, it, it's a little, it, it's definitely out of my wheelhouse and a challenge for me, but it's, it's Harold Bloom on Wallace Stevens. Um, poet really uh, dear to my heart and someone I've read um, oh, exhaustively, I think. Um, not that I've retained it or understand it terribly, but I've read them. I've read them closely. And this is Wallace Stevens' The Poems of Our Climate. Um, and it's, uh, it's from the late 70s and, uh, and, and really, really rings true, I think. Um, uh, I mean, Bloom is a, is a little bit of a bombast in it course he's got his his points to make his points are you know, you know it's like a fist on the table sometimes right. <laughs> right. but I just but but just just early this after you know just a little bit before the call I, I read the, the, the sentence he says modernists make the visible a little harder to see and I thought you know I hadn't hadn't quite thought of you know those modernist painters I mean he's talking about poets Right, you know, primarily from his perch, but I, I immediately thought of, you know, Arthur Dove and John Marin and, you know, George O'Keefe too, to a certain extent. And I mean, you know, those modernist painters that I just adore, and um, you know, have that's sort of woven into my own work. Um, uh, so I've been, I'm just thinking about that 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 idea of making the visible a little harder to see. I like that. That's not um, necessarily my goal. Not my goal necessarily, but it, it registers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. Um, Eric, I want to thank you for talking with me today. It's been a pleasure talking about your work, and uh, I wish you well with the upcoming show in the fall and and everything in between. Thanks so much for talking with me today. Oh, Brainerd, thanks for uh, inviting me. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.